I'm going to invite you to go with me to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29. Voy a invitarle que vaya conmigo, por favor, a Jeremías, el capítulo 23. I hope you brought your Bible with you. If you don't have your Bible, then look it up there on your digital device. There are a few things I want you to see with me tonight. Hay algunas cosas que yo quiero que usted vea conmigo esta noche en Jeremías, capítulo 23, 29. Jeremiah chapter 29, si usted tiene su Biblia. If you're at home, I want you to take your Bible, find a place to sit and get comfortable, take some notes tonight, and let's open our hearts so that God can speak. Vamos a abrir nuestro corazón esta noche para que Dios nos hable. We are in the middle of Holy Week. Estamos en medio de la Semana Santa. This is the highest Week of the Christian year, la semana más alta del año o del calendario del año cristiano. This week we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We'll be doing that on Sunday. Estaremos esta semana celebrando la resurrección de nuestro Señor Jesucristo. Y el día viernes estaremos aquí en Viernes Santo celebrando uh, y recordando la muerte de nuestro Señor on Friday, Good Friday, we'll be celebrating and remembering our Lord's death and burial. So come back Friday night at 7 p.m. Regrese el viernes a las 7 de la noche para ser parte de esta, este servicio. We want to invite you who are at home. Join us on Good Friday right here from the safety of your car. You can receive the word and also participate with us on Friday as we receive the communion of this Good Friday. Queremos que usted que está en casa nos acompañe este próximo viernes a las 7. Véngase aquí y en la seguridad de su carro usted puede uh, recibir la palabra y también participar de la com comunión y la mesa del Señor. This week we celebrate as the church the triumph and victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Celebramos el triunfo y la victoria de nuestro Señor Jesucristo. And tonight I want to share with you something that's not exactly uh, a, an Easter message as you would think of it. Uh, lo que yo quiero compartir esta noche no es precisamente un mensaje de Pascua como usted está acostumbrado. But it has everything to do with this particular Passover. Pero tiene mucho que ver con esta Pascua que estamos celebrando hoy. Today is actually Passover in the Jewish calendar. Esta noche uh, celebramos el, este día, es el día de la Pascua que celebran los judíos. Read with me Jeremiah chapter 29. Vamos a leer Jeremías capítulo 29 and verse 4. I'm going to read down to verse 13. This is Bible study. So we're going to study our Bibles together. The Word of God reads, Jeremiah 29, verse 4, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and become fathers of sons and daughters and Wives to your sons and give daughters to your husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters and multiply 
there and do not decrease. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare you have welfare. For thus said the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let your prophets who are in your midst and your diviners deceive you. And do not listen to the dreams which they dream. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. For thus says the Lord, When seventy years have been completed for Babylon, I will visit you. And I will fulfill my good word to you to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and I and will come to me and will pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes. And I will gather you from the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to this place from where I sent you into exile. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for the opportunity to study the Bible together. I pray that you would anoint my lips of clay to teach and preach the word of the living God. And I ask you to anoint every listener that as they hear the word, they might receive it and put it to work into their lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Everybody everywhere said amen. This Easter will be one to remember. Esta Pascua va a ser una que vamos a recordar para siempre. No doubt in the years to come, we will say, do you remember the Easter that we went to church and sat in our cars? Sin duda, usted en unos años va a decir, ¿recuerdas aquella Pascua cuando fuimos y nos sentamos en nuestros carros porque no podíamos entrar a la iglesia? Now, this is going to be a year that we're all going to remember for a long time. Va a ser un año que vamos a recordar por mucho tiempo. We're in the middle of a national emergency. Estamos en medio de una emergencia nacional. Como también estamos pasando por una época singular en la historia del mundo. We're passing through a season that is unique in world history. The last time the entire world was affected by a single event was the flood of Noah. That the whole world came to a stop. That was during those days, the days of Noah. La última vez que todo mundo se detuvo uh, fue el diluvio de Noé. Entonces, usted y yo estamos viviendo en una de las dos ocasiones cuando todo mundo es afectado por un mismo evento. These types of events like we're living this, this year are not going to be uncommon in the future. Estos eventos que estamos viendo en este año no van a ser incomún en el futuro. Jesus said these things would happen as we come toward the end of the church age. Jesús nos avisa que estas cosas van a suceder uh, en, mientras tanto llegamos a la edad, al fin de la edad de la iglesia. That means that the closer we get to the rapture of the church, we're going to see some of these events. Antes de llegar 
uh, al rapto de la iglesia o en anticipación de eso vamos a ver mucho de estos eventos. After the rapture of the church, the world's going to see a whole lot more of this. Después del rapto de la iglesia, el mundo va a ser mucho más afectado por estos eventos. But I don't want to talk about that tonight as much as I want to talk about the effect that it's having on all of our lives. Quiero hablar no solamente sobre eso, sino sobre el efecto que esto está tomando sobre todas nuestras vidas. Jeremiah 29, one of the chapters that we read and quote a lot from, of course, is Jeremiah 29:11. Uno de los versos que leemos mucho y citamos mucho es Jeremías 29:11. And it says, you could all quote it with me, you probably have it on your house somewhere or on your refrigerator. What does it say? I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. If you've heard that verse, say amen. We've all heard that verse. And many of you have memorized it and you have uh, done well to do so. But it's important to understand the entirety of this chapter. Muy importante entender la, la llenura, la plenitud de este capítulo. Because in Jeremiah... In Jeremiah's day, God did something that shook up the nation of Israel. En el día de Jeremías, Dios hizo algo que sacudió a toda la nación de Israel. He allowed a Babylonian army and a Babylonian king to come and take them into exile. Él permitió a un rey babilonio, a un ejército babilonio venir a tomar al pueblo de Israel y llevarlo en exilio. That meant that they were taken out of their homeland, fueron llevados de su tierra uh, común, del lugar donde ellos vivían, and they were taken 800 or 1,000 miles away, fueron llevados unos 800 o 1,000 millas a otro lugar que se llamaba Babilonia. They were taken to Babylon, across the desert, al otro lado de un gran uh, desierto. And of course, now they are away from home, and they are away from their customs. Están lejos de casa y lejos de sus costumbres, and they are not able to practice the feasts of Israel like the Passover, the way they were accustomed. Ya no pueden celebrar las fiestas como estaban acostumbrados a hacerlo. Things have changed. Algo ha cambiado. And I just want you to reflect on that for a minute because what God has allowed in our world is affecting how we celebrate Easter. It's affecting how the world celebrates Passover. But those things that Easter and Passover represent cannot be shaken by any kind of disease or any kind of change in our ability to move around and The nation of Israel was going to learn how to worship God in exile. La nación de Israel iba a aprender a adorar a Dios en el exilio. Ya no iban a poder hacer las cosas que ellos acostumbraban a hacer, but, pero las iban a seguir haciendo en, en lo que era el neto de su valor. They were going to continue to enjoy the feast by what was most valuable. A lot of things this year are going to be different about Easter, but one thing will be the same. 
Jesus still rises from the dead. Say amen, somebody. And victory still belongs to the church. But I believe tonight that you and I are in an exile. Esta noche yo creo que usted y yo estamos en un exilio. And this exile has affected the entire world, particularly the church. Este exilio ha afectado a todo el mundo, pero en particular a la iglesia. This will be now our fourth week that we gather in this parking lot to have church. Esta ya es la cuarta semana que nos reunimos aquí en este estacionamiento para tener culto. Estamos en exilio. We're in an exile. And that exile is uncomfortable. Ese exilio es, uh, no es confortable. Ese exilio quizá uh, nos ha sentido, uh, has hecho sentirnos aparte. It's made us feel apart or separate from one another. But I want us to understand that even in the midst of all of this, God is at work. And God is speaking. Say that tonight with me. God is at work. God is speaking. Say it one more time. God is at work. God is speaking. Diga esto conmigo. Dios está obrando. Dios está trabajando. For one thing, for sure, when you and I go back inside, we're going to appreciate church a whole lot more, aren't we? De cierto, cuando usted y yo regresemos adentro de la casa de Dios, vamos a apreciar mucho más el poder venir a la casa de Dios. Here's some things I want to mention to you tonight. And I don't stand here as a prophet so much as to tell you what I'm sensing from my own heart as I talk to God about what's going on in our world. Now, I believe he's saying to the church that he, that this is going to take a little longer than we might think. Yo creo que el Señor nos está diciendo que esto se va a llevar un poco más tiempo que lo que pensamos. And the reason for that is because he is doing a work. La razón por esto es porque él está haciendo una obra. And so tonight I want to speak about our first Passover in exile. Esta noche yo quiero hablar sobre nuestro primer Pascua en el exilio. Because there are some things God wants us to, get, to grab, grab a hold of in this season. I mentioned to you that Sunday will be a week, a part of a month since we began having worship outside. It's been about a month. Here in the state of Texas, where you've been asked to stay at home, these things have gone on probably longer than some people thought. And you'll hear different sayings, and they'll, they'll tell you, well, maybe the end of April, maybe the beginning of May. I don't know exactly how long it's going to take. I feel like the Lord has given me an idea. But what I want you to understand is that this is a time to get quiet before God and let him do his work. The exile that we read about in Jeremiah chapter 29 came with some instructions. El exilio, el cual leemos en Jeremías 29, viene con instrucciones. And I believe these instructions apply very closely to the season we're in right now as the world and as the church. Yo creo que las instrucciones del exilio 
aplican a nosotros hoy. Para que usted y yo sepamos cómo adorar a Dios, cómo agradar a Dios en medio del exilio. So that you and I can know how to worship God and how to live for God in the middle of an exile. Now I want you to notice these things with me. Keep your Bible open because these are the instructions. In verse 5, God says to Israel, build houses and live in them. In el verso 5, Dios le dice a Israel, edifica casas y vive en ellas. Then he says, plant gardens and eat their produce. Siembra jardines, huertos y come de ellos. Cásense. Los que no están casados, que se casen. Tomen esposa, tengan hijos, y que sus hijos se casen y tengan esposa también. He says, if you're not married, take a wife and have children and let your children get married. And he's, he's, he's explaining to them, this is going to take a while. This is not going to be done in a minute. I don't know how long this is going to take. I know it won't be as long as their exile was. Their exile lasted 70 years. This is not going to take anywhere near that long. But what I want you to see God saying here, and I want you to write this down. He's saying to them, thrive in the exile. Everyone say that with me. Thrive in the exile. Once again, say it again. Thrive in the exile. Do you realize that God's people are the only people who can thrive in the middle of an exile. The word thrive means to flourish. La primera instrucción para Israel es florece en tu exilio. He says to them, build houses. How many of you have been cleaning out your house? Doing some yard work. Painting some things. He says, plant gardens. Anybody planted a garden? Whole lot of you planted gardens, apparently. He says, none of you got married, right? Because there's no weddings right now. But soon. Somebody claim that by faith, all right? Here we are, and God says, I want you to know that you're in exile. But I want you to thrive in the exile. What a promise and what a blessing that God gives to his children. To say, you can go through the darkest of days and still be a thriving people. Say amen, somebody. Dios le dice a su iglesia, le dice a su pueblo, florece. Lo que yo tengo que hacer, lo tengo que hacer, I have to do what I have to do. It's going to take a while to do it. But in the meantime, thrive. Everybody say thrive. En medio de esta, esta necesidad uh, que Dios tiene de obrar en el mundo, Él está obrando, Él dice, esto se va a tardar un poco, pero tú florece. And so, I want to just encourage you tonight that you have an instruction from God, however long this thing takes, thrive. However long it takes, keep bearing fruit. However long it takes, whether it's another week, or another month, you keep being the flourishing people of God. If you get uh, put into quarantine because of a health issue in your family, thrive in your family, thrive in your home. Si usted lo ponen en cuarentena porque quizá uh, tiene este virus, florece ahí 
en esa situación. You know, we've had some amazing members of the body of Christ here at Kingsway Church. Hemos tenido algunos miembros de esta iglesia muy que han sido de gran bendición en nuestra vida. And this week I've been thinking a lot about Brother Chano and Brother Martinez. Esta semana yo he estado pensando mucho de nuestro hermano Chano, nuestro diácono Luciano, y nuestro hermano anciano de la iglesia, hermano Martinez. Uh, I've been thinking about what Brother Martinez would say about all this. Yo estaba pensando qué diría el hermano Martinez de todo esto. But you know that those two men went through some very hard seasons. Ambos de esos varones pasaron unas épocas muy amargas. And they both learned how to thrive in the middle of it. Los dos florecieron en medio de eso. They, they still gave their testimony. They still led people to Christ. They still prayed for other people to be healed. Ellos dieron su testimonio, oraron por enfermos, uh, animaron, and many of us were encouraged by them in the middle of their test. So I want to ask you tonight, who are you going to encourage in the middle of the exile? Who are you going to bear fruit for so that the world can see that the body of Christ drinks water from a source that is out of this world. ¿A quién le va usted testificar? ¿Y cuál va a ser su fruto en esta época para que el mundo sepa que el cuerpo de Cristo tiene fruto en cualquier circunstancia? Say it again, thrive. One more time, say it right, home, right there at home. Say it, thrive. That's God's instruction to you. He's not saying panic. He's not saying fear. He's not saying, you know, wrap yourself up in a little ball in the fetal position on the floor and, and uh, give up. No, he's saying thrive. Face the day and live for God and bear fruit. Come on, somebody. You say, Pastor, how can I thrive in, a, in an exile? ¿Cómo puedo yo florecer en un exilio? I'll tell you how. Because the blessing of God is on you. ¿Por qué puedes florecer en el exilio? Porque la bendición de Dios está en ti. The nation of Israel had the blessing of God on them. La nación de Israel tenía la bendición de Dios sobre ellos. And that blessing worked in every season. Esa bendición funcionaba en cualquier época. Come on somebody. The blessing of God is on your life. La bendición de Dios está sobre tu vida. Here's the second instruction. Aquí está la segunda instrucción. Look there in verse 7. Fíjese bien el verso 7. It says, seek the welfare of the city where you are in exile. Dice, busca el bien de la ciudad donde estás en exilio. God tells the nation of Israel... You're going to go into exile, but I want you to do good to the city that you live in, wherever you are. Les dice, hagan bien en la ciudad donde ustedes estén, aún en el exilio. That's why, Kingsway Church, we have to continue doing good in the middle of every season. Tenemos que continuar haciendo el bien. We're going to continue feeding the hungry. 
We're going to continue serving our neighbor and loving our neighbor because the instruction of God is counter to the culture and counter to the instinct of man. When we get into trouble, listen, when we get into trouble, our instinct is to hoard and hold back and keep everything for ourselves. That's the natural instinct. But the spiritual instinct is to love, is to give, is to be a blessing. So God says to you, thrive in your exile. And then he says to you, be a blessing in your exile. Bless somebody else. Listen, this, this COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic has created a division in our world. And you see it when you go into the stores, you go around town, you see the panic, the fear. Uh, you also see the, the intimidation that is on some people's lives and tensions are high and everybody's kind of edgy. And you've got to remember, I don't belong to this world. I have peace. I have joy. I have something to give. Now, that means that part of, part of the way we do that is by protecting one another. And, and uh, we're, we're obeying the, the laws and we're, we're doing the best we can to prevent the spread of this virus as a culture. But don't let it stop you being a Christian. No deje que este virus le, le pare de que usted sea cristiano y de que usted ame a su vecino y sea de bendición a alguien más. Don't let it stop you being a blessing to somebody else. Amen, somebody. All right, here's number three. Aquí está el número tres. God says in verse 10, in, in verso 10, he said, when the 70 years are completed, Dice, cuando se hayan cumplido los 70 años. Listen now. This exile will not last 70 years. But there is an appointed time. Este exilio no va a durar 70 años, pero sí hay un tiempo. I want you to understand this very important principle with me tonight. Is everybody listening? God said the exile would last 70 years for Israel. There was nothing they could do to change that. El exilio iba a durar 70 años. No había nada que ellos hicieran para cambiar eso. And I just want to share with you the ways God works. All right, here's three real quick. First is this. Sometimes God delivers you from a trial. If you've ever had God deliver you from a trial, say amen. All right. Many of us have been delivered from trials and didn't even know it. Car accidents. Diseases. A loss of job. Things that were coming your way. Storms that had our name on it. But it didn't come to us because God delivered us from the trial. Say amen, somebody. You have a promise from God. God says that he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. If you're a tither, that promise is on your life. Si usted es diezmador, dice la escritura que él reprenderá al devorador de tu vida. Y muchas veces Dios nos rescata 
de pruebas. Viene la prueba, usted y yo ni la conocemos, no sabemos que viene. Sin embargo, Dios nos rescata de la prueba. And that's why every day we need to live with gratitude in our heart. Por eso todos los días tenemos que vivir con gratitud en nuestro corazón. ¿Por qué? Porque Dios nos está sacando de cosas que usted y yo ni sabíamos que venían. Why? Because God is delivering us out of things we didn't even know were coming. Say amen, somebody. We're going to have we're going to have a lot of surprises in heaven when we realize just how good and faithful God was to us. Va a haber muchas sorpresas en el cielo cuando reconozcamos que tan fiel ha sido Dios a nosotros. That's the first way God delivers. Now, here's the second way. And that is that sometimes God delivers you in a trial. A veces Dios nos rescata de la prueba, a veces Dios nos rescata en la prueba. This means you're in a trial. You pray, you call on God, God delivers you. Like the disciples on the Sea of Galilee. They were in a storm. They were in a trial. Suddenly, the storm comes up and they cry out to God and Jesus stands up and says, Peace, be still, and the storm subsides. Has God ever done that for you? You get a phone call from the doctor. He says, I have bad news. And then you call on God and you start seeing God working in your life. God delivers us from trials. He speaks over that trial, brings it to an end. And when we see it end, we say, whoa, that had to be God. Dios nos libera de, los, de las pruebas y cuando la vemos terminar, decimos, eso fue Dios. If you know that God has delivered you from a trial where you say, I know God did it, say Amen. Si usted ha pasado por eso y sabe que Dios lo ha librado, diga amén. Now here's the third way. Now this is not very popular, this last one. Aquí está el número tres, que quizás no sea el más popular. But listen, sometimes God delivers you from a trial, sometimes God delivers you in a trial, but sometimes God preserves you through a trial. A veces Dios nos rescata de la prueba, a veces nos rescata en la prueba, y a veces nos rescata o nos preserva a través de la prueba. Are you with me? Are you listening? This is very important because this is where we're at right now. This is a trial that God says, I'm not going to pull you out. I'm going to walk with you through it. Esta es una prueba donde Dios te dice, no te voy a sacar, pero sí te voy, voy a encaminar y voy a caminar contigo a través de esto. Look, the world is in something right now that God is dealing with the world. And he's not just going to pull us out of it. We're going to have to walk with him through it. You notice what the psalmist says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Por eso dice el salmista, cuando yo pase por el valle de tiniebla y de muerte, él, 
entiende que a veces hay valles que se tienen que cruzar. Listen, sometimes we get to a valley like this one and we just want a bridge to cross it. And God says, I'm not going to build you a bridge. I'm not going to take you out of this outright. I'm going to walk with you through it. Now, I know this is a little bit harder to hear because we want to just get taken out of it right away. But see, this is why it's important to understand that in the exile, God has some instructions. And his timing is going to bring about the perfect result in your life. El tiempo de Dios va a producir el resultado perfecto para tu vida. And here's the thing. We're all in this one together. Todos estamos pasando por esto igual. But God preserves his people through the trial. Dios preserva a su pueblo a través de la prueba. Do you remember Noah? God judged the world with a flood. And Noah went through the flood, but he was in the arks. Amen, somebody. Noé pasó por el diluvio, pero él estaba preservado en el arca. Listen, if you're in Jesus Christ tonight, or, let me ask you a question. Are you in Christ tonight? ¿Cuántos están en Cristo esta noche? And guess what? You're in the ark. Si usted está en Cristo, usted está en el arca. Amen, somebody. And the ark is going to preserve you. El arca te va a preservar. Now tonight is the celebration of Passover. Esta noche la celebración de la Pascua. On the Passover, God sent a judgment to Egypt. En la Pascua, Dios envió un juicio a Egipto. And the Israelites went through it. Los israelitas pasaron por el mismo juicio. But the difference was they put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of their house. Ellos pusieron la sangre del cordero sobre la puerta de su casa and they were preserved in the middle of the judgment. Ellos fueron preservados en medio del juicio. I ask you again, are you in Christ? ¿Está usted en Cristo? Have you applied the blood of Jesus to your heart? ¿Ha usted aplicado la sangre de Cristo a su corazón? Then you will be preserved through the trial. Come on, somebody. Entonces usted va a ser preservado. Hallelujah. We've applied the blood of Jesus to our heart by faith. And we're in him. And no matter what can touch your body or your Home, it has to come through the blood first. Say amen, somebody. You know, when I was a little boy, there was a day when there was a lot of tension in the house. Cuando yo era niño, había un día cuando había mucha tensión en la casa. And have you ever visited somebody's house and you just know there's tension here? Quizá usted ha visitado una casa y ha sentido la tensión ahí. Well, that's how my house felt. Así se sentía mi casa esa noche o ese día. And my dad had an office. Mi papá tenía una oficina. And he started to call my brothers in one at a time. Él llamó a mis hermanos uno a la vez. And you could tell that there was, there was some some chastening going on in the office. 
Usted podía oír que, que los estaba regañando. He was one at a time giving them a good ear chewing. Now, when I was a child, I only got spanked twice in my whole life. My, my uh, brothers got spanked a whole lot more than that, but I only got spanked twice. But that day, you could feel the tension. My father was obviously correcting something. Mi papá estaba corrigiendo algo. And my brothers were, would go in, and he was dealing with that. And so I, 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 I could count to three. I knew I was coming. Yo podía contar hasta tres. Yo sabía que yo era el tercero. Y ahorita iba a venir la mía. And I, the worst part about it was I didn't know what we had done. Lo peor es que yo no sabía qué es lo que había pasado. Finally, he called me in. Finalmente me llamó. I came into the house, uh, in, in the office. Yo entré a la oficina. And I, I was so worried about getting in trouble, I started crying. Yo estaba tan preocupado por estar en problemas que yo comencé a llorar. Y él, cuando yo entré, me vio llorando. When I came in, he saw me crying. He smiled. Él se sonrió. He said, why are you crying? Me dijo, ¿por qué estás llorando? Yo no te llamé para regañarte a ti. He said, I didn't call you in to chasten you. I called you in because I want to encourage what you're doing. Te llamé porque quiero animar lo que estás haciendo. And I can't explain to you the sense of relief that I had in that moment. Yo no le puedo explicar el descanso que yo sentí en ese momento cuando vi su sonrisa y entendí que él estaba regañando a mis hermanos, pero no a mí. He had been chastening Correcting my brothers, but he wasn't calling me in for correction. Now I'm sharing that story because what's going on in the world right now brings tension to everybody. But sometimes God has to deal with one side of the family. That doesn't mean his purpose toward the other side has changed. It doesn't mean that his plan has changed. And listen, friends, there are a lot of things going on in our world God doesn't approve of. And we don't approve of them either. And it could be that God is dealing with the whole world on some of those things. But tonight, he's saying to you, you thrive. You be a blessing. You wait for my timing. Because I know the plan that I have for you. Dios te dice esta noche, tú florece, tú seas de bendición, porque yo tengo mis tiempos y yo conozco el plan que yo tengo para tu vida. So let's close with this tonight. What does the Lord say in verse 12? He says, call upon me. ¿Qué dice el Señor en el verso 12? Clama a mí. Even if you're not the child God's correcting, it's always a good idea to say, Lord, here I am. Speak to me. Encourage me. Build me. 
chasing me. Whatever it is about me needs to change. I want you to do it in my life. I don't know how long this season of exile is going to take, but I do know this. That if you'll call upon God, he'll answer you. And he'll teach you some things. He says, call upon me. Come to me. Get close to God. If there's anything you're going to do during this pandemic, it's get close to God, friend. Si algo usted va a hacer durante esta, este exilio es acérquese a Dios. Get close to God. He says, pray to me. Ora. Ora mi a mí. Pray to me, God says. That's his simple instruction for us tonight. He says, hey, I'm dealing with the world, but you come sit on my lap. You come talk to me. I'll tell you what I'm up to. I'll show you my peace. I'll give you my presence in your life. And if there's anything I need to correct, I'll correct it. But he says to us as the church, you must be a praying church right now. If never before, this is a time to pray. He says, and I will listen to you. Que dice Jehová, ora a mí, y yo te oiré. I will listen to you, and I will be found by you. Dice, yo seré encontrado. Listen, God's not playing hide and seek. He knows exactly what he's doing, and he knows exactly what he wants to do in your life. And he says, you look for me, you seek me, you'll find me. Say amen, somebody. Listen to what God says. You call on me, this is what I'm going to do. Verse 10. I will visit you. How many of you want God to visit you? Come on, somebody. ¿Qué dice Jehová en el verso 10? Yo te visitaré. You know, the world's concerned right now because there's, there's an unwelcome guest. The coronavirus is an unwelcome guest. But I'm telling you tonight, there is someone else walking through the streets of Beeville and the streets of America, and his name is Jesus, and he wants to visit your house. This year, Breakthrough will visit your house. Este año visitará el avivamiento a tu casa. Come on, somebody. Get excited because God says, I will visit you. ¿Qué dice Jehová? Yo te visitaré. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. And let me tell you, this is my prayer tonight, Lord God. If there is a, a place in the world that you will visit, visit us here. Visit Kingsway Church. Visit your people all over, the, all over the platforms where we are gathered. And let us experience your presence and your power. Visit us, oh God, in our cars, in our living rooms, in our garages. Until everything about us is changed and made to conform to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. I will visit you, verse 10 says, and I will fulfill my good word to you. Dice Jehová, yo te visitaré y cumpliré mi palabra. I want you to say this by faith tonight. God has spoken a good word 
over my life. Say that again. God has spoken a good word over my life. God says, I will fulfill my good word to you. Dios dice, yo cumpliré mi buena palabra hacia ti. And I will bring you back. Yo te regresaré y te restauraré. I will bring you back and I will restore you. Listen. Take a deep breath and understand this. You and I cannot lose anything in this season that God will not restore. Say somebody. Usted y yo no podemos perder nada en esta época que Dios no pueda restaurar. Somebody ought to get excited about that. Write it down tonight. Escríbalo bien esta noche. God will restore. Dios va a restaurar. Do you believe God? ¿Le cree usted a Dios? These are God's instructions in the exile. Estas son las instrucciones de Dios en este exilio. Y su promesa es, yo te visitaré, yo cumpliré mi palabra, y yo te restauraré. Here's what I want you to do. I already asked you to do this on Sunday. But I want you to find time this week to get before God, quiet, and just say, Lord, is there anything you're trying to tell me or correct about me in this season? And I promise you, friend, when, he, when you ask him that, you open your heart to him, he will speak. The next thing I want you to do is I want you to decide tonight, I'm going to thrive, and I'm going to be a blessing, and I'm going to wait on God's time. Because I'm going to walk in the fulfillment of God in every season of my life, including this one. God will keep his good word to me. Here's what I want you to do right now. Lift your hands to heaven. And just start talking to God. Just worship him. Tell him, God, I thank you. In Jesus' name, I thank you because you're in control of my life. You're in control of my finances. You're in control of my health. Come on, right where you are, at home, do the same thing. Raise your hands to heaven. Let your flesh know that you're doing spiritual business right now. Lift your hands to heaven and just start thanking God because he has spoken a good word over your life. Bendiga Dios. Dele gloria a Dios porque él ha hablado una buena palabra sobre tu vida. Y él la va a cumplir. He is going to complete and fulfill his word. And if there's anything you need to repent of, repent of it. Turn away from it. It's doing you no good anyway. God's got better things for you. Dios tiene mayores cosas para ti.